Hello and welcome to the Geek Review Podcast. My name's Jeremy Pappas, alongside, as always, the real man from Uncle, Mr. Russell Jones. Russell! You know, I've I've been working for them for quite some time, and I still haven't gotten the briefing that explains just what the freaking acronym stands for. United Network Command for Law Enforcement. The interesting thing Ow. is... It's wow. it's uncle with with periods between each of the letters, right? Properly, it shouldn't be. It should be spelled out, not out, not spoken. So it should be the man from UNCLE, but that's extremely difficult to uh, to fit into a theme song. So like Nick Fury, agent of S H I E L D. Right, <laughs> exactly. Shield is also kind of uh, is also kind of um, part of this this whole conspiracy to screw people up uh at least according to people who read the uh ap style guide for fun like you and me what's happening there russell oh just playing around with my brand shiny spanking new iphone 4s yeah that's right 4s i did not do <laughs> did not do the full upgrade of the 5 because i mean wow that's expensive yeah and you only you only saved yourself like 700 dollars so that was yeah, good really. i mean we wound up spending a decent amount of money on the phones to begin with. Initially, we were just because we've had three GSs for quite some time, so we were initially just going to upgrade to the four and make it nice and cheap because you know it's free because we had upgrades available. But the the guy at the AT and T store reminded us that there are only 16 gig models are the four S's. They don't make them in the fours, and Macy needs 16 gigs for all the music that she has. So we looked at it. We decided, you know, what, we got the money. Let's go ahead. So we upgraded to a four S. We also upgraded our data plan. Um, so that the the iPhones can act as a mobile hotspot. That's and we nice. Use, and we can use our uh, iPads through the iPhone pretty much anywhere if we really wanted to. That's nice. So, and that was actually a that's actually zero something because we we didn't have a discount because Macy works at LSU on there, which offset the price of the upgrade to the plan. So initially we were like, oh, let's go in. Maybe we'll you know spend you know maybe we'll get a cheaper deal you know not spend a lot on the phones and we spent a bit of money on the phones and wound up not getting a cheaper deal eh. so 18 sales guy you earned it yeah ain't that how it goes though really you go yeah. in you have something in mind unless you have your heart set on it or you're like me and refuses to change plans change <laughs> refuses to change horses in midstream i guess you might say it if you were george w bush in um the early 2000s but uh i'm but but you get in there and you're like you know what that's that's what I'm gonna do that that that's what I'm gonna do you know I was uh, I've been kind of speaking of getting new shiny toys I've been kind of debating on getting a new microphone I've just been using a headset mic this past little bit and I finally was like you know what yeah I a little little tiny tiny little bit of extra money hanging around uh, I think I'm gonna pull the trigger I think I'm gonna get one so I have a blue snowball ice which is very cool and now it's different cautionary tale there's a difference. Between the snowball and the snowball ice, if you've ever been in the market for either one of these, which a lot of people are because they're extremely popular um, and they're not all that expensive. There's a difference between the snowball and the snowball ice. The snowball ice doesn't have – there's a little switch on the back of the snowball that allows you to use it in to have three different modes for the condenser. The snowball – doesn't the snowball ice doesn't have that switch it's always in cardioid pattern uh receiving while the snowball you can go cardioid and omnidirectional and then some other setting that i'm not entirely familiar with so cautionary tale 
we'd like to take this time to thank everyone who's not an audiophile back to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back! <laughs> anyway, this is something everyone can get behind. Next week is a very important, very big week. Next week is the official premiere week uh, for US TV. Now, it's not the it's it's not when all the stuff starts premiering. That began at the beginning of the year, but next week is when like everything that you're interested in starts uh, starts appearing again. Um, with the exception of well, last week there was a little bit, so let's start with last week. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one of us watched Boardwalk Empire, but it kicked off on Sunday of last week. Bones, Mob Doctor, which, have you seen the trailers for Mob Doctor on Fox? I have. I saw the early stuff on Mob Doctor, and it looked like it might be a bit interesting. I like the, the the main actress, whose name escapes me at the moment, but I like her. So I was iffy about that, but because I am so, I am so post-scheduled television uh-huh. at this point, that there are very, very few things that I'm actually going to get worked up enough to sit down and look at. Uh, so, you know, next week is probably going to be my week to catch up on anything that I might care about on Hulu. Right. You know, the, from the previous week. See, I think Mob Doctor looks terrible. It looks extremely corny. <laughs> it looks extremely corny. Um, it's just, it, it's like, it's like they're trying real hard for drama and they're just not making it happen. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a case of the, uh, of the trailer, but I tend to doubt it. I mean, it just it just seemed really super corny. Um, Revolution also kicked off uh, last Monday. I know Which I did actually sit down and watch last night. You know, here's the thing about Revolution is I I can't get into it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I just can't get into it. I don't know. Sell sell me, Russell. Tell me, give, give me a reason to watch Revolution. Unless okay, you didn't so... like it, then give me many reasons not to yeah. watch it. So the quick synopsis of Revolution is that, you know, the world has gone dark. Everything electrical has ceased to work all at once. Wiped out across the world, you know, and of course mass chaos happens. The TV show fast forwards 15 years into the future when everyone is kind of back to this semi-agrarian society. You still have, you know, mechanical objects that work, i.e. guns, but you no longer have the, the means necessary to, say, mass produce them. So you have militias that have risen up and are, especially in North America at least, uh, you know, fighting for control in various areas. Um, people are kind of living, like I said, this agrarian lifestyle in some cases. In some of the cities, they're very post-apocalyptic. Um, but then you have the militias that are going around with, like, muzzle loaders and posing a real threat posting taxes conscripting people there was even mention of re-education as a threat at some point and in the midst of all this you have a guy who may actually know what's going on he he seems like a really interesting character and then they kill him five minutes into the show ten minutes into the show that's so, the that's the girl's dad right that's the girl's dad yeah. mini mini katniss everdeen we'll call it katniss light <laughs> okay so explain this to me this is what bothers me the most Mm-hmm. The world goes dark. They're completely out of power. Right. How do they explain that actually being a thing that could happen? That's part of the whole, you know, it's a mystery type thing. Well, I mean, it, it seems be, like it can't be a mystery. It's a it's a specific thing. I mean, we have a power grid structure. Mm-hmm. Electricity. It ain't new. Yeah. There are many many people that are familiar with it. Yeah. Like it can't like. 
when they go to the when they go to the power stations, what do they see? I mean, don't, <laughs> the most the most that we get is there's a character in this little village that they've set up at the beginning in like a, in, a, in a small cul-de-sac. Um, it's kind of funny. The the village that this girl grew up in is is a cul-de-sac. So it used to be kind of this. Um, you know, they passed by a sign at one point, so it's obviously it used to be this little gated community style thing. But now it's you know an old marketplace and and uh, farming community, which is which is kind of funny. But there's a guy who uh, who lives there, who used you find out he used to be a big tech guy. I won't. It's it's an interesting little reveal, so I'm just gonna leave that alone. But he's he's smart and he should know how this stuff happens. So he's and Steve he, Jobs. Is, is he Steve Jobs? He's a, no, he's not Steve Jobs. Because um, that would be awesome. Oh, okay, by the spo- way, in oh, this, in spoiler, this... spoiler, he works for Google oh. or worked for Google. At one point, he says, I have 80 million in the bank and I'd give it all for a roll of Charmin. So <laughs> he he I actually really like he's an interesting character and he's teaching these kids at the beginning of the episode. You know, he's trying to be the school teacher thing and he's he's saying all the world goes dark, nothing electrical works. And he's kind of giving this broad overview at the beginning of the show. And he's asking, so what do we think caused it? And all the kids just kind of look at the look at him with blank, you know, looks on their faces with their rucksack, handmade clothing, and he's like, "Doesn't this bother anyone else? This should bother you. Physics got turned on its head. Nothing that we know about the way it's supposed to be is actually working. Doesn't this bother anyone else? You can go bow hunt later. I just so it seems like it, it's presented that." Something happened that changes what we know about the way physics is supposed to work, okay. and and you know there are other little mysteries that pop up throughout the show that they're obviously going to get into later in the season. Right. But the main premise is set up in that you have militias, ooh, bad militias. You've got this little scrappy group of people who may know something about what could happen, but they have no idea that they know, and they're kind of exploring this world and trying to get and trying to. You know, get revenge for the dad being killed and the girl's brother who has asthma being kidnapped by the militia. Uh, so there, <laughs> it's always funny to hear someone talk about a show that you don't watch because they throw these things out there that, yep. that to you seem inconsequential, but you realize in the show they 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 use that as a device and you just don't have enough time to explain it. So you're like, right. uh, the girl with blonde hair and the lisp is <laughs> like, what the, what does that have anything to do with anything? Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I will say this now that you've sort of gone over it. If they're talking about it as a fundamental change of physics, yeah, then I can buy it slightly more. If, if you go to a power plant and I'm, I'm by you, I mean like a person who works at a power plant, like an engineer goes to yeah. a power plant and goes, well, here's what you're supposed to do to get a fix. This won't, this won't be a problem at all. And he goes to flip a switch or do whatever and nothing works. What's going on? And he goes and he works on it and works on it. And finally he gets to the point where he's like, well, you know, where electricity is a natural thing. It's no longer doing what it's doing, you know. Like it's no, it's no longer passing through a, you know, it's no longer passing through as AC. It's pass, it's it's not working. So that I can kind of buy um, begrudgingly because yeah. I, I think I feel like the premise it even still kind of requests too much. That's like if somebody said, um, "In a world where cars no longer exist," but we. But we have old people, and 
people created cars originally. Yeah. Can, you can't just build another car. Well, rubber can't no longer be made circular, and pistons don't piston. You know, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like the old D and D trope that gunpowder did not work in the base core D and D worlds. And when people brought it up, it's like, well, you know, I want to go find saltpeter and I want to go find this and that and mix them together. And the the designers just said, well, chemically, physically, whatever, that reaction does not happen. You know, gunpowder does not exist in this world. It doesn't work in this world, which explains why things have not progressed past a certain point as a way to try to keep players from bringing in outside knowledge into the game and you know their their first level alchemist makes gunpowder at first level well and various games do things differently but that's what it gets kind of what it smacks of to an extent um but i won't knock it too hard i won't knock it too hard at least they went to a place to try to explain it that made some sort of sense and it sounds like they're going to, you know, get into uh, – they're obviously going to get into it a little bit more, but they have things set up in a way. There is one other bit that you need to know about that was meant – that was shown in pre – pre, you know, the ta- the teasers and trailers and things. This was shown, so I don't have a problem telling people this, but if you haven't seen anything on it, you may want to skip ahead a little bit. There is There is something, this little device with, you know, the little power symbol on it that the, cat, the, the girl's father has, and other people you find out have, have one. And when they switch it on, the power comes back on. There is someone shown using a computer at the very at the very end of the show. Um, you know, she, electricity doesn't work, but when you turn this thing on, devices in a localized area power back on and, and actually work. So there is something else that's going on. You know, there is a way to circumvent it, or there's a way to whatever effect is causing this to temporarily push it back. Um, okay, the, wild the, speculation time. Ready. Yep. Here's my wild speculation. There's an alien spacecraft that's suppressing electricity. When you use the little device, the device was created by engineers who figured this out. Like like probably people from NASA who would have access to to be able to see them come in and all that other stuff. It it this is going to sound extremely stupid. It suppresses the suppression in a localized area. I will halfway agree with you, but if the answer winds up being aliens, then I'm gonna have to. I may have to turn this TV off. Yeah, that's usually what happens when the answer ends up being aliens. Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no, no. I will say this though: if it's worth watching for any one individual thing, it's worth watching for some actually really good sword play and some pretty. I would say some pretty good, you know, nice violent moments, which I know sounds a little odd, but. With network television, you don't necessarily get um, some pretty grisly and gruesome moments. And there's a couple of points in there where someone just like and you go, and someone kills people in a rather cold fashion. It's like, oh, oh, so that's how it is. Okay. <laughs> well, I will. I'll dial up Revolution then. Give it a give it a little watch. Um, also, last week we saw. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna skip through some of these like Survivor Philippines. Um, not that I mean I have no problem with Survivor. I work at a CBS station, so I know how wildly, insanely popular it is. Which most other people don't get. A lot of people think that Survivor is just that it's like a relic. Nope. Uh, you preempt Survivor for 15 minutes on a Wednesday night. Go oh, ahead. Oh. oh yeah, no. go ahead. And it's not just it's it's not it's not just your super hardcore rednecks either. It is. It's the populace, bro. It's the populace. 
Yeah. The Office is I last season. I, I can't yeah. watch it either. I watched I, I watched the very first season way back when I was in high school. Uh, I dug it. It was good. I watched, I believe, most of the second season, and then I kind of swore off reality TV in general. So, one way or the other. It's, it's As far as reality TV shows go, it's not terrible. It's, it's actually probably one of the best. So, whatever. Uh, the Office's final season, thank God. Uh, Parks and Recreation kicked off last week. Um, and it was a great Macy. episode. Yeah, Macy watched it and we really loved it. It was a great episode, especially, uh, Ron's, uh, permit. Just watch the show oh, for that. Yes. Yes. Which brings us to this week, which is everything, everything premieres this week. This is when CBS kicks off their big premiere, which means there's CBS shows everywhere. Um, and I just got finished hanging posters at, uh, at our station of all the new CBS shows. Uh, and a lot of a lot of new NBC stuff. See, NBC kind of splits theirs up all uh, all month long. They did uh, they did shows as early as the uh, as early as the tenth, and they're they're premiering as late as this Friday. And they're doing are they doing it like different nights? You know, so they're not... yeah yeah they're doing it in different nights because um, they're ba- they're basically not trying to get you to watch them all night every night all week long, right? Uh, sort of. It's I, I will say this about NBC: it's pretty much impossible to figure out what NBC does um, <laughs> because it's not really it's it. To, to TV people, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'll I'll be honest. Ask anybody. The TV people, what NBC does, half the time just just d- defies logic. So, for instance, um, they premiered Guys with Kids on the twelfth, and this Wednesday, their uh, Guys with Kids is is airing, and they're also airing Animal Practice, and like they're premiering different shows on the same night in different orders. I'm, one way or the other. Let's not get into talk about the lunacy that is <laughs> NBC. Uh, all of your classic show, or all of the shows you're familiar with are coming back. How I Met Your Mother, Two Broke Girls, Mike and Molly. Castle premieres on Monday. Um, a new CBS show called Partners premieres on Monday, which is... Now, I don't want this to seem politically incorrect, because it, I'm not being politically incorrect. It's just the way things that are. It's just the way things are, are working. With the success of Modern Family, every network has to have a gay show. They have to have a show where there are gays. Yes. They, that's, this is required. Partners is CBS's, and I will say is probably the weakest uh, of of all of them. So mm-hmm. there's the uh, just just look for it. You'll you'll see. It's it's pretty. It's pretty obvious. Tuesday, um, NCIS, New Girl, hate New Girl, hate that show, hate, <laughs> hate, hate Zoe Deschanel, and I hate that whole that whole thing. The most unlikely premise of all time: yeah. Zoe Deschanel can't get a date. Right, exactly. <laughs> I just hate the. Sh- I I hate her whole persona. I hate I hate adorable. I hate I hate it all. I just I am a hater. Uh, a, a big release on Tuesday is Vegas on CBS, which looks really good. It, it does. Michael Chiklis, um, what was that other guy's name? Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. I was. I, I keep forgetting his name. Set in the '60s in Las Vegas, back when Vegas was actually Sin City and not Disneyland with beer and boobies. Um, and it's, it's the small town or it's not really small town, but it's the sheriff versus the mob boss for basically the soul of the city. 
Um, you know, let me just let me just start by saying if Disneyland had boobs and beer, I would have made it a, pr- a, a priority to go a lot sooner. Well, Disneyland does have beer. This is something that not enough people know. There are people, there are adults who take Disneyland vacation to get completely off topic. There are adults that take that 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 do Disneyland vacations because of all right. the great food, because of the shows, and there is there is in Epcot. I believe there are a couple hundred different types of beer you can try from all over the world. Mm. So I've I've actually considered, but then I remember there are children everywhere. <laughs> I've considered. That would, not, I've considered, that would not go well with you. No, no, no. I've considered it, but then I think you know it's it's kind of the, the way I was like with the when the Avengers came out. I was like Avengers, gonna watch it, gonna watch it immediately. I'm gonna be that guy. I'm not gonna go in. I actually wanted a D and D T shirt um, because I like to mix and match my yep. uh, nerd obsessions. But uh, I was like, I'm gonna go. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna go. And there's our there's our explicit. Yep. <laughs> Thing only twenty minutes in. I just, uh, I uh, sorry, I can't help it. Um, I was at a live to, to get off on a tangent uh, from, from tangent, the tangent. I was at a live event uh, called "It's Our Youth Talent Contest" that I help um put together, and I had to go on stage at one point in time to help carry on a keyboard. And the host, who's our uh, chief meteorologist, said, uh, "Yeah, the, the the mic's live. Uh, no cursing." <laughs> And I go, that was for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> not that I would ever do that. I'm a professional, usually. But um, when I went to see the Avengers, I thought, this is going to be great. I'm going to go the first night. I don't care that it's going to be packed. I'm going to get in line and wait and do all this yada, yada, yada. And I watched it, and the movie was everything I thought it could be and much, much more. And yep. then I realized, you know what? I probably, if I could have stayed and waited, I probably should have just waited because I was surrounded by children. And there was the children in the back. There was the kid behind me who was kicking my seat. Uh, only during the most important parts of the movie, though, so that was that was convenient. Um, and so I'm like, so that's kind of the way I am about the Disneyland vacation. Is I'd really love to go; it'd be really great. But I, it's basically going to be a instead of three two hours and forty four minutes of kids, it will be like a week of kids. So same sort yeah. of deal. I went to the Avengers wearing a uh, Green Lantern t-shirt. Ooh, what a rebel! Um, yep. The, the sad thing is, is I doubt anyone called you on it. I got a nice t-shirt compliment from a couple of people. <laughs> you, you're all traitors. This, this big guy comes by. He's obviously bench presses like three times me. He looks at me like, nice shirt. He's like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Nice shirt. <laughs> On Wednesday, Animal Practice, which I'm going to say looks like the absolute worst fucking show ever in the history of shows that – with the exception of the show that comes on right after it on NBC, Guys with Kids, um, Mm -hmm. which also looks terrible. Uh, Modern Family, the aforementioned grandfather of the gay shows, which is a great show. Love Modern Family. Not a problem with Modern Family. But you see this a lot. You see when shows – you saw it's the Mad Men syndrome. Mad Men got really good and then you had people doing Pan Am and all this other kind of period TV. To go back to – it's a switch from TVs to movies. There is the – whenever – if you listen to An Evening with Kevin Smith and he talks about writing – I think he was writing a script treatment for the West Wing, and he was giving it to the – not the West Wing, the, the Wild West, the Wild Wild West. Right. Two very different things. <laughs> Slightly. Slight difference. Um, we also have a West Wing thing to talk about in a minute. Oh, but yeah, I forgot about that. He was, he was talking a, he was talking about the tri- script treatment for Wild Wild West to a producer, and the producer was like, is there a big spider in it? Is there a giant spider in it? 
needs to have a giant spider in it. And they couldn't figure out why. And then later, you know, they put a big giant spider in the movie. And right. there's spiders all over it. It was Loveless's thing. And he couldn't figure out why Harry Potter was coming out at the same time and it had a giant spider in it. Yeah. That's, see, that's the way these things work. Yep. Um, That'd be because that is the way that the people with a crap ton of money – Arguably, you know, they earned the money somehow, and they, they look at something, and they don't necessarily need to know anything else about it. That's the one thing they fixate on. Does it have a giant spider? Nope. Got to have a giant spider in it. Bottom line. Well, Scott Adams, who does the Dilbert cartoons, said this, and it's and uh, I've read – what's odd is I started reading the Dilbert cartoons and his books because he's put out full-length full, full length books, not, not strip books but legitimate books. Mm-hmm. On like workplaces, but I started reading them when I was like in middle school, so I can't relate to anything. But I have all this pre knowledge about you know working in in you know, being in the modern workplace. And in one of the books, I believe it was Dogbert's Guide to Management or Management Handbook. Um, mm-hmm. He says that the stupidest people at any job will always be moved to management where they can do the least damage, and that is so ridiculously true it's mm-hmm. it's insane how true that is they they get moved up there because they just do and they don't know what they're talking about but they've got so much power i deal with this a lot they have so much power that they think everything else is extremely easy and it's not if if in your frame of mind you think something I don't understand must be easy, you're wrong. It's the opposite of that. Something you don't understand intimately is probably ten times more difficult than you than you know. There's a reason that that these things are what they are. I mean, nothing is truly easy when it comes to anything involving TV. Nothing at all. Everything takes ten times more effort and skill and uh, time commitment than you think, I assure you. Because there's always something that can go wrong, and it's always something very small. So Yep. Yep. Uh, Thursday, Big Bang Theory, which I also hate. Um, Scandal on ABC, uh, which was the surprise hit, I believe, of the summer. And Elementary... On CBS, which is a Sherlock Holmes serial. <laughs> so, um... I have very... I, I I am very reserved about this one. I'm I'm kind of interested. I'll probably throw it on the DVR and give it a watch. I, I have reservations, if only because of how damn good Sherlock on BBC is. Well, and Look at Sherlock on BBC as, as if they were movies. Look at this as a TV show. But that's, I mean, that's just it. That's, that's the difference between, to an extent, British television versus American television. They have no problem doing, you know, these, I mean, this was a masterpiece thing. So there's, there's partly that. They have no problem doing these, you know, miniseries as opposed to a full-on, you know, TV season. Right. And if you want to look at a place where it actually also succeeded well and turned into a wild success here in the U.S., look at Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica started off as a three-show miniseries that was just about, you know, the fleet and the Battlestar and everything, you know, taking off and getting away from the colonies. That was that was it. It was a miniseries. And then later they added on the television series after it. So I just – because Sherlock and BBC was so good, I am hesitant to 
be even interested in an American television series set in New York about Sherlock Holmes. The premise sounds interesting. Um, Sherlock is an addict who's come to New York to go to a rehab facility, and he is partnered up with Joan Watson, played by Lucy Liu, which I'll, I'll, I'll give credit. I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that. Let's let's just say that needed to happen, and I'm glad that it has happened. Um, they also have no, at this point, interest, it seems like, to pair the two up in a romantic pairing. It's just going to be a straight buddy-buddy. They called it a bromance, except one of the bros is a woman. Um, and she's also a recovering addict. She's sober, and that's part of the reason why they pair them up together. So it, it has parts that are interesting, but I... Oof, I'm a big Sherlock fan. Big, big Sherlock fan. And I just don't I just don't know. You know, I, I think there's room enough for two, uh, at the very least, two really good Sherlock Holmes things. And we don't get Sherlock or we don't get Sherlock from BBC all that often. You know, you, you get it over about a three week period and that's all. And then you're done. So I have no I have no reserves about elementary. I'd like to I'd like to dial it up, give a shot, and I will uh, I will likely do that. Uh, and that's really all that's that's. In, I mean, there's on, on the next Sunday you have six 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 Park Avenue on ABC, which really surprises me that ABC would do anything with six 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 in the title. Yeah. Uh, Once upon a time on ABC, which is uh, which I watched. I began watching last season. It was pretty good, but I, it just didn't hold my interest for all that long. So, uh, yeah, next week is going to be full of uh, really great TV. So, well, hopefully well, really the, great TV. Well, the ABC thing, I mean, Desperate Housewives is, is done, is, is yes. dead and gone, right? Yes. So they needed, arguably, they needed something else that had that kind of seductive... Well, uh, well they have that in Revenge, which is very similar to Desperate Housewives. Right, but Revenge was was a it was a summer series, wasn't it? Uh, it is a summer series. No, it's or is it a full fall series? It's they brought it. It was so popular. This is the show that I thought was uh, was really uh, popular over the summer. Uh, that yeah. I, I think before I said it was Last Resort. Uh, no, it was Revenge. Uh, it was yeah. so popular over the summer that it's starting up again in uh, coming up this Sunday. So, and see Macy watched a lot of revenge oh just recently uh because they have you know the series that you can watch on netflix uh -huh. and she really liked it um so uh, she'll be glad to hear that yeah it's it's coming up this sunday but here's my thing with 666 park avenue is it's abc and abc is a disney company mm -hmm. and that doesn't play well in the south us both being from the south people take the 666 thing seriously i've worked i i worked in retail i worked with people who if your total came up to $6.66, they would give you a discount, so it wasn't $6.66. It is something that it's, it's – I'm going to call it superstition. I realize that to, to people it's much more than superstition. Well, it's the Bible Belt for a reason. Right. So I, I that – it just surprises me that they would – that they would uh, do that because it's going to be knowing how people react to TV – and maybe I'm making a big a big thing out of nothing, but it's it surprised me when I when I heard that was coming out. I was like, really? Because I mean, does anyone remember the Book of Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Let's. That's probably not as far as mass TV audience is concerned. 
as far as mass TV audiences are concerned, not a good thing to do. There are certain sacred cows that you don't that you don't go for, and and the triple six is uh, is one of them. I actually have um, three sixes in my credit card number, which back to back to back horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're they're it is six six six. So uh, and I've gotten a couple of of. <laughs> I have no control over it. It doesn't bother me a bit, but yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, that's all for, as far as network TV is concerned, The uh, their big premiere week. I'll link this whole uh, calendar on the podcast page. Uh, also, something we've talked about before at length, Arrow is coming up here pretty soon. October 10th. And Arrow, which is on the CW, continues to make waves. Uh, it is, they're bringing on, okay, tell me about this guy that they're bringing on. I did not watch, Yeah. I did not watch Battlestar Galactica. Right, so uh, they recently decided that they are adding Tamo Pennicut, who played Hilo, Agathon, in the uh, series. Uh, he is going to guest star as the right-hand guy, his name will be Tom Salvati, right-hand guy to famed mob boss Frank Bertinelli. That's the father of Jessica Dodo's character, Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. The Huntress. So according to uh, a couple of websites, Helena attempts to avenge her family's murder, take down her father's empire. She'll cross paths with Ollie Queen, who's on a quest of his own to right his family's wrongs, and The Huntress will also be a potential love interest for Oliver. So it seems like Pennicott is going to wind up being kind of that, you know, Upper level bad who's going to oppose them for quite a bit of the season. Uh-huh. Uh, certainly, it has, if it has to do with any of the Hunters' storylines, and he's probably going to be involved. But Timo Pinnikit is arguably he's pretty good. I like him. I like him a lot. I mean, Hilo, you know, on on Battlestar was one thing, but he's also been on Castle. He played a pretty big role at the yeah. end of Castle. Um, he do 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 do. What else has he been on? He was on. on Dollhouse. He was on Dollhouse. He did really well in Dollhouse. I liked him a lot in Dollhouse. Um, so you know, it's good to see him working, and it's just like any of the Battlestar alum. It's good to see them out and working. Um, and I'm I'm interested. I think he can. I think he play a pretty good bad guy. So, or at least a pretty rough guy. And I'm I'm interested to see that. I think it'll be. I think it'll be good, and I think it. It adds people with more chops that I'm, I'm familiar with and trust in, you know, uh, with uh, with this series. And we've only seen bits and pieces and, you know, teases and trailers. And any time that you get the pilot, this was kind of my thing with Revolution. Pilots are unique things. It is difficult, in my opinion, to be able to judge the merit of a full TV series based off the pilot alone, which sucks because it's the very first thing that you see and you have to make kind of snap judgments based off of it. So in some cases, you get pilots that are really good, and then the series kind of takes a mini bit of a crap. And then you've got some pilots that are uh, not really that great, and then the show takes a, a different turn altogether. When... The Dresden Files was put on Sifi. Um, Swi-Fi. Swi-Fi. When the Dresden Files was put on Swi-Fi, the the pilot was Stormfront, and it was based off a little closely off of you know one of the books by the same name, and it used a lot of characters and a lot more flashy special effects and certain assumptions that 
they actually did not use the rest of the season. If you watch Stormfront and then you watch the rest of the season, it's like two completely different shows. Yeah. Entirely different shows. So they changed things up quite a bit going from the pilot into the full season. And that's why you don't necessarily start with the pilot when you go back and watch it like on Netflix or elsewhere. Right. Um, and there's a reason for that. The reason is people pitch pilots. They're right. given the money to make the pilot. Very rarely will will the studio have any um, any input into what is made in the pilot because it's not going – it's not held for air yet. If they pick up the pilot – Sometimes they'll they'll pick up the pilot and they'll they'll test it. They'll do a test audience for it. If the test audience loves it, they'll say, "Yeah, we're going to give you eight episodes, but here's what you need to do differently." Yes. So there can be a year or more in between the two, and in the pilot, you're getting straight unmessed with goodness from what the creator wanted to do. Episode two through eight, you're getting. All the stuff that the studio said, well, we could save money here doing this. We could save money here doing thi- this. This this character didn't test well with the audience. Let's get rid of them. This character, even though it was a minor character, tested really well with the audience. So let's make them the the Urkel syndrome, essentially. Let's make them way more important. And let's they get it to where they tailor it to their test audience or, to, or they think to tailoring it to audiences in general now. Right. Sometimes this can be a good thing. There have been instances where the show is slow in the pilot or it's not hitting on all cylinders. Uh, and it takes a little bit to kind of get going. One I think you can you can really strongly look at is Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation, it didn't have it didn't yeah. ha- it, it, shows are like it's it's chemistry. You need the right amounts of the right characters right where they need to be to make a good show. Well, if you don't have that chemistry right, you get people who say, oh, that character was great, but I really hate this character. And if there's too much of the character that they hate, then that kind of ruins the whole show for them. So it takes a little while to get that that magic together. And now Parks and Recreation is, is a fantastic show, probably one of the best on TV. And you get people that say, don't watch the first season or don't watch the first few episodes because it, it really didn't do well. So, but, but other but times... sometimes you have to watch them to be able to, you know, get the background right. of the character, to invest, to invest in the character. And that's part of the thing. You, you There is investment that is involved. You have right. to get into the character. You go through the first episode, and then when it gets into the, the meat of the season, and you... Because you could, you could tell after you've watched quite a bit of Parks and Rec, you know what a Parks and Rec episode feels like. Uh-huh. You know what it's... To an extent, how the setup is going to go... How, you know, from an act premise, uh, what the scenes and acts are going to feel like going through the show. And you rely on that. The pilot, obviously, doesn't have that yet. Partly because they haven't necessarily gotten into their groove. They have to do this kind of setup and exposition and background and blah, blah, blah. I mean, Ron was a very – Ron Swanson looked and felt very different, Uh even though he had sort of the same, you know, setup and beliefs that he introduced himself at the beginning of the show. He had a very different feel at the beginning of the show than he does like halfway through the season and towards the end of the first season. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's something that you see in, in, in Parks and Rec, I think that's a rare case when it, it, when it helps for like the Dresden files. I mean, you see that a lot where they'll, they'll blow a lot of money on a pilot. And then the second episode is just, 
I mean, it gets to a point where they they're using cheaper cameras and it doesn't even it doesn't look like it literally doesn't look like the same show. Right. So another series that I would say, you know, felt the impact of this whole pilot thing was Firefly, because the Firefly pilot. And I'm going to preface this by saying I am a brown coat. I am absolutely a brown coat. I am a weed knight. You, You can't you can't take this guy away from me. But. The first pilot for a TV series was long, uh-huh. very long, and in some cases it, it kind of dragged as compared – you know, you, you had to wait so long before Mal really got you know into his hardcore character, and you were like, holy crap, I love this guy. And it took a, a while. You know, There were all sorts of things that were left hanging in the air and kind of some unresolved moments that, that you were just like, how much more am I going to have to wait before I get some action out of this and some real good – you know. You know, I get those rewards back that I expect as a viewer from investing in this thing. And whenever Fox aired it, they didn't air the pilot. They aired the uh, train job, I think was the second episode. And I remember whenever I was you – because know, I was interested in this, I saw the train job, and I was like, well, I'm already part way into the season. I must have missed the first few episodes, and I lost interest and didn't watch the rest of the thing. And part of that was just because the pilot you know, was what it was. It was very long. It had you had to invest in the characters, and then you got into you know you watch it now and it feels very different. Uh-huh. It feels really good. I mean, almost like kind of a mini movie to sit down and watch. But it was not that kind of you know action-packed westerny half hour that or hour that people expected, and that probably affected the way that Fox treated it and changed the course of geek history. To an extent, yeah. I mean, and and your your networks all have different ways of of dealing with shows. ABC is is very contained. They're very the, the corners are all rounded just so. ABC shows are a certain way and they don't get out of that box. They they keep it, which is why I was so interested. Which is why the the six 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 show, which is why that kind of pushed me off because I was like, wow, that's that's really that's really bold for ABC. Mm-hmm. ABC is very rounded. Fox is they Fox is like a chainsaw. If they don't like something, if something's underperforming, they will kill it. It doesn't matter. You won't be sending peanuts to their office, Jericho fans. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that show is gone. They have they absolutely. Will, they do not talk. They do not hear from fans. They don't give a fuck if the show's they performing. Eat your peanuts, and while telling you, "Oh yeah, these peanuts. These peanuts are great. We're killing your show." Yeah, they will kill the show immediately. NBC is, I, I believe, is staffed entirely by cats <laughs> because there's just <laughs> there's just no rhyme or reason to the stuff that they do. And what will be surprising to people is CBS. The show, the network that everyone considers the old people network, is the most daring of the networks. They will do different things. They will give shows a chance to to breathe and to live and to to go and do things. They do not half-ass a show. Look at my my favorite example is Two Broke Girls. Look at Two Broke Girls, which also. The- Arguably, in my mind, the show that I least expected to survive as long as it has. Which is because it's a good show, and here's the thing. Everyone thought, oh, Two Broke Girls on NBC, on CBS, it's just going to be another kind of semi-run. No, it is a raunch comedy. The shit they get away with on Two Broke Girls is amazing. 
especially considering that it's network TV and that it's CBS. Mm-hmm. CBS, when they they go for broke, I mean, if they're going to have a show flame out and die, they're going to have the show flame out and die their way, and they're going to give it the best shot that they can. I'm not just saying that because as someone who works at a CBS affiliate, I mean, we have very little to do with what CBS actually does, but I say that from being a TV fan. I mean, you see all of the shows that they put out there, and sure, some of them are safe and a little rounded like Big Bang Theory and stuff like that, but... But when they go for when they go for a show, which is why I'm kind of interested in Sherlock. Uh, I'm sorry, wow. Which is why I'm so, yep. so interested in Elementary. Yeah. Because I'm, it's it's it, they just really go for it. I mean, they really try and give a show its best attempt. Most shows, anyway, they really try and give it kind of the the best legs underneath it. So. I'm uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think it'll be uh, I I'm looking forward to the season as a whole, specifically some of the new CBS shows like Vegas and uh, Elementary and a couple of the other shows as well. So mm-hmm. we have about ten ish minutes, and I think for the last ten minutes we need to talk about the new Hobbit trailer. Yes. If you haven't seen the new Hobbit trailer, I'm going to link it in the podcast page. Here's the thing. Okay, if, first of all, let me let me rephrase that. If you haven't seen the new Hobbit trailer, I'm going to link it in the podcast page. Go watch it right now. Okay, are you back? Right. <laughs> the new Hobbit trailer is the trailer. I said this before, It's but we were talking before the podcast. It's the trailer that we have been waiting for. It's if if the other if the other trailers have kind of left you excited but a little eh, this is the trailer that we've been waiting for. This is the trailer. You see you you get everything you want in the movie. I there are a lot of things in this that that I really am glad to see. First of all, Martin Freeman who plays Bilbo I've been really super underwhelmed with him the entire time for the the rest of the trailers. No longer. No longer. The guy has it. He's going to be great. Going to be great. You get to see, you get a lot more of the dwarves. And I'm always a fan of that. And they're, and they're, and they're great. You get a lot of the humor. You get a lot of the kind of the adventure of the whole series you get, but but you also get a lot of that sort of high moving, high fantasy points in the uh, in the. It's it's just the trailer of note so far for the Hobbit. It's the trailer that you have to see. I'll agree with that for one one very specific reason: the humor. You see bits of much much more. Humor in this trailer than you've seen in previous trailers, and it has that same kind of, you know, Peter Jackson humor that you got uh-huh. uh, a bit from Mary and Pippin. You know, that's that's kind of one of the things. It's like, okay, we we don't have, um, you know, when, when you watched The Lord of the Rings, Frodo was a serious and kind of halfway tragic character yes. throughout the whole series. You had the other hobbits that helped, you know, round out. If you took all four hobbits, you got a rounded character. Right. Frodo was tragic, Sam was loyal, and then Merry and Pippin were the, the, the comic duo. Right. 
with Bilbo, you have a much more rounded character right. overall, and he's I mean, he's got some good comedy chops. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going. Macy is going to come into this room and shoot me because he plays Watson on Sherlock, yes. and I am currently blanking on his name. But there's I'm going to say a movie that he has been in, and you've seen him in, and you'll remember seeing him in, but you won't remember you've seen him in. Uh, the actor's name is Martin Freeman. I said that at the beginning of this. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I was wondering who the hell you were right. talking about. I was like, he's not talking about Martin Freeman because I said yeah, at the very Martin beginning Freeman. of this, his name's Martin right. Freeman. Right. So um, he was in Hot Fuzz. Yes, he was. He was in Hot Fuzz. He played one of the cops yes. uh, in London at the very beginning. Yes. He started the whole interview process it, with Nicholas Angel. Exactly. He was one of the first characters in Hot Fuzz. He's got good, good comic chops, and this shows them using them, uh-huh. which I think is a very important thing. Because when you read The Hobbit, The Hobbit – correct me if I'm wrong, but The Hobbit was kind of a kid's book supposed to be. Yeah. It was, it, was a very, it was a very fantasy, fantastic tale, but it hit this whole arc of things. It wasn't just you know, the seriousness. No, it was. was I mean, it was definitely more of a kid's book. I actually have a friend of mine – who loved the Lord of the Rings movies, loved the Lord of the Rings books, but his first his first taste of the Lord of the Rings universe in Middle-earth was The Hobbit, and he said, I didn't like it. Because, you know, the, the there's a very deus ex machina at the end with Gandalf yep. comes in and saves everybody, and blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I didn't like it. It just wasn't going to, and I, I, had, I kind of had to explain to him, I was like, well, it was written for kids. And that's something that, see... Tolkien is a is genuinely a really fantastic writer. This is why these are so popular because Tolkien is an incredibly good writer on everything that he does. I fully fully believe he could write like a technical manual for a computer and it'd be the best fucking technical manual for a computer you ever read in your life and it would have like a fan club. Mm-hmm. And Peter Jackson is just an overall incredibly good movie maker. You were talking yeah. about his humor. This is and, – and you're like it, it, has, it has kind of a, that Peter Jackson humor. Peter Jackson's humor – there's a reason the man made King Kong. Peter yeah. Jackson's humor, it's very classic. It's very – it's not modern and sarcastic and dry and it's very classic. It's very Laurel and Hardy. It's kind of honeymooners. He's got a, he's got a bit of slapstick in there. Right, but he's not too of, much. Not, right. not, not stooges, but like, like look at the honeymooners. There was, there, was some, there was some slapstick in there, but it's very light. And I as – a, as a general rule, I don't really care for slapstick comedy except for the stooges because cause that's, that's the only kind of slapstick that I want is, is the yeah. stooges. I watch the stooges all day. But beyond that, I don't – because it's st- – stupid slapstick like it's 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 like hey look at this stupid stuff we're doing isn't it stupid and not right. you know her her that was funny I, but that's what dwarves, that's for instance dwarves are rough and tumble characters and that is the kind of thing that you would expect from them right it's it, he has this classic humor that plays really well in movies and it's it's odd these days because that's not what people do people go for dry and witty and sarcastic and stuff that i also love but, you know, in the line in the trailer, which you have, I hope, watched by now, if you haven't, seriously, go watch the trailer. You're really, you're, you're just delaying, your, you're putting off joy for far, far longer than you should. Why the, are you a thief of joy? Exactly. The, the, the moment when Gollum says, uh, they're talking about the wager, and Gollum says, uh, 
uh, and if if you lose the wager, we eat you. And then Frodo kind of, uh, excuse Bilbo me, Bilbo kind of yeah. looks at him, and he gets closer to the camera. And I really love that they made Gollum look just like Gollum, but younger. It's younger Gollum, but he still looks. Possible. But yeah, right. That's what I was thinking. But he still looks because the ring has preserved a lot of time passes between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings and the ring, because as we know, Gollum is a Hobbit whose name was Smeagol and the ring preserves him, but not perfectly. He still ages. It's one of those things that's like if people were really um immortal in the sense that they didn't die when they should have but they kept aging what would that look like right he ages he ages slower and in a different way it's just a really beautiful attention to detail that you look at him and you're like he's a little because because he's not a he's not like a race there's not a golem race he's a hobbit that's been transformed by the power of the ring so he's he's gotten like a much smoother just 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 watch it in HD and you'll and you'll and you'll get it and it's good. But he Bill kind of gives him this look and he gets really close to the camera and he says something along the lines of if if the hobbit loses we'll eat him whole and there's this beat and Bill goes okay that sounds fair. <laughs> and fair you're enough. Like, you're like oh, oh, oh and it's that it's that sort of humor that it's it's just it's it's just beautiful to behold. It really is. It's it is the Hobbit trailer of record. It's it's officially the Hobbit and Unexpected Journey official trailer two. Mm-hmm. Link in the podcast page. Go watch it because for reals, it gets you into the it gets you in the Hobbit mood. It puts you in the Hobbit mood, which is which is what you gotta have. I mean, it's 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 then, banger. And then afterwards, go watch Hot Fuzz again, followed by Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on this week watch all the the TV just we just want you to stay in front of your TV just yep. for as long as possible anyway that's about all the time we have uh, on this here podcast coming to you on a Sunday instead of a Saturday uh, as always our music is out prop featuring asset check them out on youhort.no did you know that you can subscribe to us on iTunes? As a matter of fact, you can. Just go to iTunes, type in Geek and Review. There we are. You'll see our uh, blue and black logo. Just chilling out there. Subscribe. That way you can get the podcast whenever we publish it, either Saturdays or Sundays. You can also shoot us an email if you are so inclined. Our email address is girpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter. You could also send us a big box of money if you'd like. Maybe some cookies in the mail. I would be okay with that. Uh, For Russell Jones, this is Jeremy Pappas. Thanks for listening. If the balance loses, they'll be easy to hold.